So uh, last night, Amanda and I were we were watching some YouTube videos, showing each other some fun stuff we had found throughout the week, whatever. Uh, one of them was this clip. I'm I'm gonna try to find it real quick, but um, basically there's this this thing called Thunder Gong. Have you heard of Thunder Whoa. Gong at all online? I've not. No. All right. Thunder He's Gong. Is that a porn star? I wish. Right. It sounds like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it sounds it's really hard not to say thun, Thunder Dong when you do it. But yes. Thunder. That's gong. what I was hearing. Right, uh-huh. exactly. It's tough. Um, but they, they it's this show. It's like a charity show that uh, Jason Sudeikis is a part of. And I've seen a few videos online. He's a big karaoke guy, apparently. So I've been watching these videos where it's like him and Will Forte. Um, and then Coach Beard from uh, Ted Lasso as well showed up, I guess, this year. And so did Hannah Waddingham from uh, Ted Lasso, the, the the boss, Rebecca. And she's yeah. an amazing voice. She has like a Christmas special out. We still haven't watched, but we're excited about. So uh, they, uh, she, Coach Beard and, and Rebecca did a uh, a duet together for a song. And it and it spurred this. Uh, this is a long story short. That's a cool video. Go look up Thunder Gong. It's for a good cause. But online, you can just find cool videos of some fun karaoke. But uh, they did a song and it made me think, I need to have this, this conversation with you. So okay. the, you can look online. There's a, there's a song for Love Shack they do together as a duet, okay? okay. Love Shack by yeah. B-52s. You know this song? Oh, yeah, of course. Right. Everybody does, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I Watching them, it was like a, it spurred it in my mind. I had kind of forgotten, but I love this song. And really? I, okay. I forgot that I really, really love this song. It's so weird and catchy, and the music video is very weird, but... I had this like flashback to watching that like all the time. And this is like pre-internet. It's not like I could just look it up. It's like, I guess I just found it a lot on like uh, MTV or whatever. It would just play or something. But uh, it's like one of my faves and I forget about it. I don't talk about it very much. I don't think about it. But for a like we were talking about the roller coaster and the outtakes uh, for me going in and out of. Oh, there we go. It's so catchy, right? And it's like, I remember loving it so much. So fucking yeah. good, right? So I was wondering yeah. what you think about this song, and then if you have something similar to that, that like a song from your youth that you're like, wow, I really played this fucking over and over again, that kind of thing. Oh, wow, what a great question. Ooh, Number good. one, uh, I do like the song quite a bit. Uh-huh. I felt like it was more prominent in my youth, but maybe it was just like one of those family-friendly songs that you would find in movies or whatever. I feel like the, this is about the a, B-50... This is about an orgy yeah. shack, you understand, yeah? Oh. <laughs> I'm almost huh. positive. Now I'm like, family I friendly, mean, is it? <laughs> I, I, you could be right. I um, always assume in the video, it's like all their friends show up at this place and they have a love shack. I just yeah. I just figured that place smells like sweaty balls. Oh. In a good way. Yeah, but it, I mean, it was like the 70s or whatever, right? <laughs> so everywhere smelled like sweaty balls. They didn't have a lot of like manscaping or personscaping back then. Right, exactly. But... Um, yeah, like, I like the song, I like the song Rome by the B-52s oh, okay. a lot as well. I might and, know it, but uh, I can't think of it right now, yeah. Um, I didn't even know it was by them. Here, let me, uh, pull that up. Not sure that I remember this one. Okay, we'll give it a second. When it gets to the, uh, the chorus. Oh yeah, hell yeah. This one, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's like a good one too, one. yeah. Quite a bit. That shows up like uh, I feel like in a lot of like eighties movies, yeah. Um uh, yeah. So it, I feel like they were 
B-52s had a presence in, like, movies from our youth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like they showed up in one of the Flintstones live-action movies. Mm. And they played a, a song. I can't remember which one I feel it was. Like they did. Maybe they played a couple. <laughs> but uh, I, I was like, it. yeah, I, I, I have, like, fond feelings for the B-52s just uh, kind of for that reason, just nostalgic reasons, even though they predated my existence by quite mm-hmm. a bit. Um, that said, yeah, like, music from my youth. What am I... Uh, oh, boy. So are you talking about like not necessarily music that we that was like new as we were growing up, but yeah, maybe songs that like predated no limit for like that, that really uh, dealer's choice. But um, I would say it's yeah, I'm looking for maybe something you listen to a lot, maybe something that you've you kind of forgot about or you don't talk about very often. Maybe people will be surprised like like I don't know if you will be surprised. I love Love Shack, but uh, it's a banger. But yeah, do you have anything like yeah. that? Oh, boy. Man, this is a really good question. I feel <laughs> like, like there's there's uh, probably like a lot of those songs. Yeah. Um Jeez. What did uh I'm trying to think of like stuff that my family grew up with. There's uh-huh. a lot like my dad used to listen to a lot of fucking country back in the day. Mm. And I don't have like warm nostalgic feelings for right. that. Um, so I would love go, if you're like, I have one country song that I never talk about. Yeah, you know, fucking achy, breaky heart. That's my jam, you know? That's why I have that full back tattoo of a broken heart. Um, Amazing. Man, this, this is a really good question. Uh, you can come back next week and answer it if you want, but I should have I yeah, put you on the spot. That? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's that's a good question. Uh, and yeah, we'll we'll do that. I'll we'll revisit Wait. this next week. Right. I love it. Uh, let me let me think on it because I I feel like there's something like just outside of where my brain is wanting to journey right, right. now. But uh, yeah, that is a really good question, listeners. If you have songs that you have nostalgia for from mm-hmm. your youth, let us know. I, yeah. I'd be quite curious to hear what that would be awesome yeah I, I just thought it was fun like it really just popped in my head i hadn't thought about them in a while but it's one of those yeah. songs that i just really fucking love so uh yeah i'm looking forward to uh to your answer and anybody else's that wants to send anything in um you can find all the info in the show notes so send mm-hmm. it your send us our way uh but yeah i i know that uh we have a lot to talk about today so i'm gonna say mm-hmm. well, well, let's get into it so we're doing it i'm steven i'm brent welcome to let's talk about stuff where today we are finally getting to our review. Technology so far is on our side. And so far, so good. Yeah. <laughs> we've been playing music along here, and hopefully mm-hmm. that'll, that'll plays out all right. But uh, yeah, I'm very excited to finally review our uh, 10-year anniversary review of Such Hot Blood by the Airborne Toxic Event, my favorite band. And uh, yeah, this is the third album we've reviewed of theirs. We kind of do them uh, on their anniversaries, I guess. And um, this is the third studio album, and I'm really looking forward to talking about it today. You know, I was going back through that. And I was like, "Oh wow, was did it just like magically sync up to where like every other year we would mm. sync up with a ten-year anniversary?" I don't believe that's the case. No. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> I think it was like kind of further spaced out. But now right. we're at the point to where we've kind of synced up. Uh, right. We'll see. We'll see how it goes uh, forward. But uh, but yeah, I'm looking yeah, forward to discussing this with you. It's fun that way. Uh, I was trying to look their their albums up the other day as well because um, yeah, it'd be fun to continue on this series and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, review more of their albums and everything. But the one after this um, came out, it's called uh, Dope Machines, came out in, uh, I guess, 2015, I believe. And uh, okay. right the day of release of Dope Machines, they also released a second album, a uh, surprise album called Songs of God and Whiskey. 
And um, oh, okay. so that was a really big event on in 2015. So come 2025, mm-hmm. we'll have two reviews or we can uh, kind of split them up or whatever. But um, yeah, Dope Machines is kind of, uh, this is like their last album that they stick to their like normal sound they had with the last two albums, like their initial two albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dope Machines goes into more like, um, I'm trying to think of the word, like kind of like electronica. They use a lot of like synths and change up their sound. And then some people didn't like that. So they released Songs of God and Whiskey, which is like an acoustic album at the same time. So you kind of get oh, okay. both extremes of what they can do. But uh, it's really cool because it really changes up their tone. And, um, and I like both those albums. I like songs on, all, on both of them. But uh, definitely today with Such Hot Blood, one of my favorite titles for one of the albums as well. But okay. uh, yeah, came out in 2013 and uh, this will be the 10 year anniversary. So I'm excited to talk about that. Congratulations, the Airborne Toxic event. <gasps> oh, I thought for me. Uh, for and for Steven as well. Thank you know, you. Let me finish. I worked you know, hard on that album. Okay. <laughs> the, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, before we get into that, I also yes. would love to discuss a few little mini topics with you. So uh, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll start. I'll, I'll start us off. Sure. Um, I wanted to mention, as many people have released out in the world, uh, my Spotify Wrapped. I wanted to talk about this real quick, Brent, because okay, um, we got some uh, exciting news here. First off, I listened for twenty nine thousand five hundred and thirty minutes. I'm in the top 12% of listeners worldwide. I listened uh, for 20 days nonstop. Wow, uh, okay. So quite a lot. Uh, and I know Spotify, you've mentioned this in, in, in general, but in our friend group and stuff, that uh, you know Spotify is really bad at, at paying artists, and uh, that's something I, I grapple with. But what I try to do is, is focus on uh, that Spotify has recommended me so many different artists. I, I listen to so many different t- types of people, and I found so many people that way. But mm-hmm. um, for me... I want to take this opportunity to, uh, it's Christmas. I want to buy myself a little Christmas present and buy all these people as well. So it gives you your top artists and uh, I'm going to go through those real quick. But for me, what I'm going to pledge is that I'm going to use Spotify and I continue doing that and, and, and paying them my premium. And hopefully my listens give some money to these people as well. I've been trying to go to concerts where I can, uh, for some of these people and whenever I could, if they're in town, I would definitely do that. But, uh, I'm going to buy an album from every person on my top five okay so that i actually support them directly and um i'll probably look into like vinyl or or something like kind of cool but um because i don't really listen to physical media but it'd be nice to support them in some way and definitely if they come into town i will be supporting them so are you ready for my top five mr brent absolutely okay number one is a tulsa native band called will dorado I really oh, fell in love okay. with them this year. I didn't know they were from Tulsa until uh, uh, they had released an, a live album, and they were like, hey, we're a Tulsa band. And they uh, they had one song from, uh, they recorded at Canes, which is a, a cool music video in Tulsa. Um, Annie DeRusso is uh, uh, a woman I found recently. She's uh, she's young. She's fucking rocking. She's awesome. I almost saw her in, in Houston, but uh, she had to cancel her show. She had voice problems, and then she re- uh, rescheduled on a Tuesday, and I couldn't go. So I actually did buy concert tickets to her and gave them to someone else I met at a different concert because he could go and I couldn't. So I at least shared the love. Hopefully more people got to, to see her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex Leahy, I have mentioned on the show before. She's an Australian rocker. She's fucking yeah. rad as fuck. Um, I love her. So I that was the show that I went to first before Annie DeRusso, and I met some friends and then gave those tickets away. But uh, I did get to go see her and meet her and uh, take a photo with her, and she was fucking rad. So uh, I'm glad that she was back on my list. I think she was on there last year as well. Um, number four, very excited for this band because it's a great name, Slutface. <laughs> Slutface is... <laughs> <That's>, uh... <laughs> Yeah, that's like with the O with the slash to yes. it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, they used to just be a U, Slutface. They're from, mm-hmm. um, ah, f- shit. 
it's like uh not Norway, something like that, though. I can't remember exactly where they're from. But Slutface is uh, really a, just one a project of one woman. Um, I can't remember her name right now, but um, I found her through a, a random series of events in my real life and then uh, just dig, really dig their music. It's a lot of cool, like, um, different kinds of layered sounds and kind of rocking and stuff cool. Number mm-hmm. five, though, Brent, this is why I really bring this up, because okay. I was so shocked to find out that my one of my top artists of all year was fucking Linkin Park, baby. Wow, really? Linkin Park, and you know what it is? It's just what's that? It's just their third album over and over again. That's all I I'm telling to. you. I I told you I thought you would like it. I'm oh my so god, I love it. Happy that that uh, you gravitated toward that. I didn't even you realize know, like, I listened to it that much. I know, I know. There were a lot of things on because uh, I have Apple Music and they've got uh, replay, Apple Music replay, and it gives you like similar mm. statistics, similar statistics, and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, in in mine, it had a lot of stuff. I like I was doing a lot of studying this year, mm-hmm. and so a lot of my music was uh, that ended up on my Apple Music replay was just like study music that repeated a right. lot. So it's not really stuff that I actively sought out to listen to. Like during my life, it was just uh, you know music to have on while I was studying. So it was right. mostly uneventful and unexciting. But uh, there were a few of them that were like. Yeah, I do remember listening to this song a lot. So I, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, guess so. <laughs> yeah, lo fi. Yeah, it sucks that it kind of skews it that way. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. But I'm, I'm glad that, uh, that you like that album so much. I was very shocked. It's so funny what, it, what ends up being on there. Um, like for yeah. my top songs, I'm not going to go through all of them, but number four was I'm Just Kin from the Barbie soundtrack. Oh, really? Okay. And I, yeah. I won't even deny it. I listened to that song a lot. And especially after that movie came out, I listened to that yeah. song like on repeat for like three weeks straight. It's uh, very uplifting, and uh, it's just really fucking fun. It made me think of that fun movie. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's up there. I'm going to try to put this on our – this will be like the photo right now so you guys can see it all, what I have mm-hmm. on there, and try to go check them out. But like I said, uh, I'm going to put my, my money where my mouth is or uh, where my earbuds are and uh, and try to support these people and still continue yeah. to use the app that I prefer and the one that has – like I found Will Dorado, Annie DeRusso, uh, I found at least those two from Spotify. They're the one that suggested it. That's mm-hmm. how I, I found them at all. Um, and so, yeah, it's like it's another organic way for me to discover music. And then now I'm going to try to support them back. Well, that's awesome. Uh, and you know, look, all the streaming services are bad. They're just bad. They don't compensate yep. artists as, as well as they <laughs> should be. And artists have said this for decades, even before uh, streaming music platforms were a thing. The most efficient way to support an artist is not even necessarily buying their albums, but to go see them on tour, buy a concert t-shirt. Right. Are they expensive? Oh yeah. Yes. T-shirts. Yeah. But that's, that's part of it. But even with that, there's some like controversy around it. I know there's some, uh, like in the, the metal genre, there are certain, um, bands that have said that they're the music venues or whatever are taking proceeds of their like merchandise sales mm. as well. And uh, it's just, I don't know. It's its not good. Music industry seems like a goddamn nightmare. And uh, I'm, I'm just yeah. glad I'm, I'm, I don't have to deal with that on a regular basis. Yeah, it's hard to support right now and, and figure it out. Um, one of the things I'll talk about with the Airborne Toxic event, or I guess I'll go ahead and say it now, is that mm-hmm. they, uh, like other touring artists, you know, COVID hit them really hard too. They couldn't tour. They couldn't sell merch the same way and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, And they had planned a really big tour. Um, at the time, Mikkel... Jalay, the lead singer of the Airborne Toxic event, they had released a new album called Hollywood Park. He had released a, a memoir of the same name about his life yeah. 
and they were going on a book tour. I had like all these tickets lined up. I was going to like be behind the scenes and like meet him and do like meet and greet and all this stuff. And I was super excited. Mm -hmm. COVID happened, pushed it back. So they started their own app called Medici and or Medici. I think it's Medici though. Um, and it's, it's they call it that. <laughs> they call it that so that they uh, they can have other artists like join this platform, and it's essentially like a Patreon. Like you pay ten dollars a month, you get like access to uh, like he does like a songwriting session. He'll like explain the lyrics of certain things or like how to play a song. There's like secret shows, special merchandise, like all this cool stuff. Um, but it was I haven't really joined it because even though they're my favorite band, because I'm like I can't just pay one band ten dollars a month when I could pay Spotify ten dollars and and listen to thousands of bands. Sure, it's like, yeah. it's hard, but I also want to support them. So for them, I will also say for this episode, I'm going to join Medici and see what it's like. Uh, I'm going to try to throw them money where I can. I, I have lots of mm-hmm. stuff from Airborne, like albums, like vinyl and stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, I've tried to support them over the years in concerts in various ways. But uh, yeah, it's also like just trying to support our artists so they can make cool shit and uh, try to find that best avenue. But I don't know that that's, yeah. it, that's it either. If I had 10 bands I like, it's $100 a month just to listen to 10 bands. Like I can't do that. <laughs> no, <okay. laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's difficult. Um, but look, we're do your best. We can only do as as well as we can as mm. consumers of this stuff, you know. So right. Um, but all that to say, uh, I I like your Spotify Wrapped. Uh, I do think it is kind of a cool feature, even though I'm not the biggest fan <laughs> of Spotify. They get on my nerves. Pri- look, it primarily stems from Spotify being ass wipes to us as a podcast, and mm. you know, causing us uh, grief about uploading our show to right. their platform. They're the only one. They're so goddamn yeah. picky. They're the only ones. And we, is it, it music they're like always fighting us? Yes. Yeah. So and they're going to fight this episode. There. But it's like you guys are a music platform. Right. It's a one-to-one, you know? Like if we play a song in our show, they're, the listener is right there. They can go listen to My Heart Will Go On mm-hmm. immediately right. after listening to They can go podcast. find it. I don't... I don't know. Maybe that would work on Spotify. They could be like, here's the music you listen to in this episode. And below it, you yeah. can go f- click on them right in Spotify. Like That would be a good solution, right? Yeah, exactly. Like so honestly, it's on Spotify at this point. <laughs> this is on them. Yeah. That's what this is. Spotify, yeah. you can go suck a dick. You can uh, do but whatever you got to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's awesome. I uh, I, I do have a, a song that I want to play. Yeah. Um, Steven, you know the hip hop group Outcast, right? Yeah, Big Boy, Andre mm-hmm. Three Thousand. Oh yeah, um, they haven't put out an album in quite some time mm. together. Um, Big Boy's kind of had his own uh, side career. He's put out music, done a lot of like features and whatnot. Andre Three Thousand is kind of universally acclaimed as being a top tier mm. uh, rapper. You know, he's just a uh, wildly creative. He's really fucking good. Um, just uh, people fucking love him. Mm-hmm. He hasn't put out any solo material ever oh. until this year, Stephen. Oh, wow. And I didn't know that. It was hinted at uh, leading up to it. I think it came out a month or two ago. Um, mm-hmm. oh, November 17th is when he dropped oh, his okay. first debut solo album. It's eight tracks called New Blue Sun. Mm. Now... People were like worked up into a tizzy over this because again, he's just a legendary rapper. The the um expectations were high, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, what people did not anticipate is the album he put out is not a rap album at all. Oh. It's a new age album that features no 
vocals mm. on it at all. No rapping, no singing, no so scatting, the he's nothing. Known for. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Instead, he plays the flute. And oh. this is legitimately true. <laughs> if people can listen to this. Is it good? We're listening to it right now. Okay. Uh, let me let me scrub forward a little I mean, bit. So you were talking about studying and listening to like you know kind of instrumental stuff. Would this this would work for that maybe? It could. You're and like, I have nah. listened. I, I've I've listened to this album all the way through just for okay. the novelty of it. You know. Uh huh. But it's just not what you're looking it, for, though. It's not what I. I don't think it's what anyone was looking for <laughs> from him. Uh-huh. But it. I do appreciate that. This is what he wanted to do. There you, you know? go. It's nice. He's a creative guy. I I love the idea of the whole project. Like, hey, I really got into flute stuff. He just like followed his passion. He went in the studio with some (laughs) musicians and they hammered this out. Nothing was like pre-written. He -hmm. was just kind of like going through and improvising everything on here. Now, there are some long ass songs on this with some long ass titles. The entire album, again, eight tracks, one hour, 28 minutes. Oh, wow. That's a really long album. It is a very long album. And uh, there's there's not a whole lot in the way of bangers on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's all just like new age flute music. I don't. Yeah, I don't know that I like this, Brent. <laughs> what you're playing so far. It feels like you're in a spa. Well, exactly. And I'm like, I'm uh-huh. not into that kind of stuff unless I'm at a spa. Even, even then, I'm probably like, can we play something else? But when you go into that spa, you're going to get treated. You're going to come out so fresh and so clean, clean. Yeah. You know? Is that, is that a lyric? That's a, that's a, that's a, yeah. Okay. <laughs> a very popular Outcast song, yes. That's a, that was the joke. What, okay, what is an Outcast song that I know? Hey Ya. Oh, right. Duh. Yeah. The big one. Okay. The big one. Um, right. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or That's I guess similar just to Miss, this. Miss Jackson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very similar. Oh, you're yeah. not sorry. You took it back. Okay. I'm, I'm not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Miss Jackson, I'm not sorry. Um, yeah. I, I agree with you that you can support that, but also you don't have to support it by like listening to it all the time or anything. Exactly. You know, but I just like the idea that a creative person was like, you know, I just got to be me. Mm-hmm. This is what That's I'm true. doing. This is what I'm putting out. And I will say, this is certainly the most popular and uh, most listened to new wave album I've listened to all year. Mm. It's the only one, <laughs> potentially the only one for the rest of my life. But uh, I, I just wanted to uh, to throw a little spotlight on this. And, and you yeah. know, I, I thought it was a unique project. Uh, yeah, unique is a good way to put it. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... May not be for everyone, I'm, but this this is yeah. uh, when I learned that there was such a thing as an electronic flute. Oh so, yeah, which he has on the uh, the album cover here. So he's like yeah. distortion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, well here's a question: Could uh, would, yeah. could you turn it off? Oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> Let me get that for you. There we go. I'm done. I'm good. I just, I okay. just for me, I'm good. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'll listen to I Hey Ya all the time, man. I listen to the cover song versions of that. That's a good song. That's a banger. I get it. And yeah. I'm with you. I, I hope that someday he will release like his own, you know, rap album for you. Or, or is Outkast still together? Uh, they're like on good terms, but they don't really mm. do music together 
anymore. Um, Andre 3000 has a, a verse on the new Killer Mike album that is mm. fucking stellar. Nice. But outside of that, he doesn't really rap a whole lot. It's kind of mm. just, you know, catch as catch can. He, I, I saw an interview with him on GQ's uh, YouTube page, mm-hmm. and it was like an hour interview, and uh, he had mentioned that younger rappers are like, hey, when are you going to drop a new album? Blah, 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 blah. And he said for him, personally, he didn't feel like he had a lot to say right now. Hmm. So, I mean, yeah, you know, fair enough. Yeah. Better than putting out something that's bad. I think maybe right. he just like liked the direction that Killer Mike was going. He was like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. I can I can spit a few bars on that, you know? Mm-hmm. But after that, I can get back to this pan flute, you know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Killer Mike, you play any instruments? You play an oboe? Come on over. Yeah. <laughs> we could be O-bros, dude. <laughs> hey. Bring that shit over. It's going to pop in. So, yeah. That's pretty nice, man. The Blue Sun from Andre 3000. Go check it out, you know? Maybe they'll put out some, yeah. like, trap mixes or something like that. There you go. Change mm-hmm. it up, man. Yeah. Um, so, for the uh, main topic today, as we've mentioned, the Airborne Toxic Events 2013 album, Such Hot Blood. Uh, I love that title. What do you What do you think about that one, Brent? I was going to ask you about that and uh, mm-hmm. where the title came from. I, I do like it. It seems like such a metal-like mm. title, you know? Yeah. And I have been uh, discussing, uh, like, new metal albums for, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, a year and a half, two years, something right, like right. that. So I'm like, my brain immediately goes like, okay, <laughs> yeah, the Airborne Toxic Events new metal album, right. which is such hot blood. <laughs> It's certainly got some turntables on there. Yeah, yeah some rapping. a crossover, man. That'd be awesome. I mean, I'd, I'd be down for it, you know? they like, we need to explore this. It's not like our normal music, but we feel like 2013 is the year to do it. Yeah, and this is the point where Anna left the band. She was like, I just, no, yeah, I, I can't, can't fucking do it. Do it. <laughs> I can't, no. I'm good. Um, yeah, I like whenever album titles really just hit, hit a note for some reason. Um, this album came out right when I moved to Houston. I kind of mentioned that last week, I think, that... Um, yeah. This was important to me, and I realized it even more as I listened to it over the last two weeks, how much it, it helped me when I moved here because I wasn't really comfortable. I moved to a really big city from a smaller town, like a, or a, a big town next to a, a small city, I guess, in Oklahoma, and uh, moved out to Houston, and it, it didn't really click with me. I was working at Alamo Draft House doing restaurant management. I was not in a good place. It was uh, really stressful, and I didn't really like it. And uh, this album came out in like April of that year after I moved in January. So uh, I realized this this week how much this had helped me process at the time. And I was kind of able to relive that uh, with these. But um, because I was in a bad place and I, I was angry a lot at the, the restaurant, I was it's mm-hmm. hard and it, it, there was a lot of yelling and it's hot and all that stuff. So I was like such hot blood really fucking nailed it for me like that. I love that title when it came out. I still do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really evokes um, not necessarily all the things in the album. It just... Uh, and it's not about like rage or, or anger necessarily. It's just like, uh, I don't know. It's just like uh, visceral for me. I, I just like that. So it's almost like it means passionate instead of right. Angry. There you go. Ooh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. that might fit the album better. So um, yeah. So uh, Such Hot Blood came out in 2013. I think it was like April 30th that they released it uh, in North America. And um, so, yeah, the first track is called The Secret. Yeah. There we go. I like this intro. Yeah. I would have liked for it to, like, keep going for a couple of bars. Uh-huh. Before the, like, bass kicks in and everything. Right. But I do think it it's a nice album opener. I like these strings yeah. as well. Oh, yeah. I guess the... Is that just a violin? It's a, a viola. 
Oh, um, yeah. So Davis. that's Anola yeah. Davis is on this. Yeah, she's in this man. It's fucking rad. Yeah. <laughs> she tried to convince the whole band to join the Suicide Squad. Yeah. <laughs> she's got a tattoo gun ready. <laughs> fucking Joel Kinnaman standing by to tattoo everyone with the word "squad" misspelled. Oh man, I really blocked a lot of that out, and then you mentioned it, and it's like, oh yeah, that that did happen. Oh. So. Always I think fun. about it regularly. Uh, that Will Smith <laughs> is just walking around life with the word squad misspelled on his bicep. And they really did that in real life, too? From what I understand, yeah. That's, Man, there's that's, like uh, that's photos online of, I guess, him tattooing Margot Robbie or maybe her tattooing him. I can't remember. But mm. Yeah, what a weird thing. A wild existence. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so the uh, I'll go through the bandmates uh, on this. Uh, Mikkel Jolet is uh, the creator of the band and the... Um, writer of all the, all the songs there's uh, some co-writing with uh, the bass player as well but um, he does uh, vocals and guitar um, keyboards um, sometimes in this album uh, can you hear me okay by the way the music was kind of yeah. ducking out I was want to make mm-hmm. sure it was working okay alright yep. um, but uh, Stephen Chin is uh, lead guitar and keyboards Anna Bullbrick is the one on the viola she uh, left the band I think after 2015 I think she's on the next album but our next two albums, but uh, I love her. She's amazing, um, and uh, she also plays keyboards a little bit and does backing vocals. I really love her voice with Mikkel's. Um, Noah Harmon on bass. Uh, he left, I believe, after this album as well. He uh, was kind of kicked out of the band. I don't know like the story oh. behind that. He uh, at first they announced that he was on paternity leave, and then um, he just never came back. <laughs> so and then later on said, he said he was fired. So, uh, and then Darren Taylor on drums. Honestly, that's the name I forget the most. I don't know what it is about most people and myself included, but I just forget about drummers. I don't know why. <laughs> They're in the back. I can't see them. I don't know. <laughs> but I feel bad for Darren. I really like him. I like his style on here as well. Um, but yeah, this song for me, um, I love that, like you said, like it has that viola. Um, it is a good start to it. The secret... Um, is interesting uh, because it, it doesn't necessarily mean any kind of a specific secret um, but the, the way that the song plays out I just really like this like the thumping pulsing rhythm of it um, yeah. I really like they're a rock band it's hard for me to describe them sometimes because they're a rock band with like a viola uh, two nights ago they performed at the San Diego Symphony they do that all the time they perform with quartets or full symphonies and their mm-hmm. music is rock music supported by like a string section and I just fucking love it their bass player will play like a, a stand up bass sometimes or a cello yeah. um, and then like keyboards was listed on so many of them they just like have a keyboard and sometimes they'll just move around and whoever's near it plays it like it's just so cool <laughs> to me they're just all multi-instrumental I really dig it uh, yeah, um, I like that song quite a bit. Um, I like the the vocals a lot. I in my notes I put that it's like a uh, an alt rock version of gang vocals that you would hear in like I don't know hardcore punk or something like ooh. that. But it's just uh, like it's almost like they gathered the band together and they all kind of like uh, started singing together in a group mm, with like one I microphone in the middle of all of them or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it's like I, a live recording. Was, yeah, they have like a. It's all obviously like a studio album, but they have sort yeah. of a, a style that, yeah, kind of lends itself to that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's the shortest song on the album is the album opener. Mm. And uh, you had recommended to me uh, last week, I think, that there's a, on Spotify, there's a commentary version yeah. of this this album that could be listened to where Mikhail and... Uh, the bass uh, player, Noah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Both of them, yeah. 
did they re- I guess they recorded it at that time. Uh, yeah. Because they're not on good terms now or whatever. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know if it was. I don't know. Yeah, I ended up finding it on YouTube as well. But it's like a mm. uh, it's like someone just random uploaded it. So I don't it doesn't say like Spotify exclusive. That's just where they have it. It's like a separate thing. It's like 19 minutes long. It just yeah. says the album title, Such Hot Blood, but with commentary. Mm-hmm. And they just have like two minutes kind of to describe every song. And it's really cool. Um, some notes from that that I wrote down were, uh, this is a quote from Mikhail Jolay about the writing of the song. Um, he said, you don't hand people your conclusions, you hand them your struggle. Which mm-hmm. is, uh, again, like it's about the secret, but you don't have to know what the secret is. Uh, he wrote this, he said he was driving, they're an LA band, so he was driving around LA. He has an old uh, 66 Chevy Malibu. So he, uh, he was feeling frustrated with life and songwriting. He uh, jumped in his car, just started driving around. He didn't know what the hell to do with his life or his time. He was, he was just feeling some sort of way. Uh, he stopped at a bar to write lyrics, uh, ordered a, a warm whiskey, which I thought was a really interesting detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, that turned into three, that turned into five, which turned into a cab ride home. And uh, this is the song that came out of this. So he was frustrated mm-hmm. driving around L.A., stopped at a bar, and uh, it fucking poured out of him. So um, as I mentioned, he has a memoir called Hollywood Park, and he was a writer before, a songwriter. And uh, uh, I, that's part of the reason I like it, too. His lyrics are really deep. I'm not going to go too much into that on all of these unless there's one that like really sticks out to me. But um, if you do open the lyrics and like read them, it's all fucking poetry, man. It's it's really mm-hmm. it's really it's prose and it's it's beautiful. So, uh, yeah, I just really like his style. Do you think when he ordered the whiskey, the bartender like poured it in a shot glass and then put it in the microwave for like 30 <laughs> seconds? Coming up, buddy. Yeah. They like took it out. He's like, eh, can you do another 15 on top of it? He's like, you want a full 45? Okay. All right. Colt 45 at 45. Okay. Oh my God, right. I love it. I know, I know Colt, Colt 45 is not whiskey, but you know. Hey. Just, it is what it is. We're manly men. Numbers. We know things. Yeah, that's right. Sports hey. and guns and have, whiskey. Hey. Have you ever seen a hammer and been like, oh, I can't wait to get home to jack off to this? We've all been there, right, fellas? Oh, yeah, right? That's how you know you're, you're manly. That's what that means. All right. Any other notes for you on the secret? No, man, let's go track ahead. Track one. Yeah. Well, let's move on to track two, Timeless. And uh, I at this point, I wondered if this was a gapless album because the mm. the music from track one rolls right into track two, which is, right. like I said, Timeless. I love that. And, uh, <laughs> but... Turns out, no. After this, the songs yeah. just stop, and there's like a, a little bit of silence in between. But uh, that's like the the idea of that, you know. This one flows together too, and it's funny they don't need it for all of them. I do like albums when they do that, but um, it's also weird. It's like it's nicer to listen to the whole album that way than it is to the yeah. a single song. But see this part, I was like, I'd love to hear to hear Mikhail like freestyle rap over this, you know? No. Just bust out a few bars, <laughs> pull out a pamphlet. He's gonna invite you know? Andre. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can I call him Andre? Yeah. Mr. 3000? Oh, yeah, yeah. You can call him Dre, Andre. Okay, cool. There you go. 3K, you know, three stacks. Three stacks? Uh-huh. Man, he's coming. He's going to spit bars on this for sure. Of course, 100%. <laughs> uh, so this song, um, I love this song. This is like one of their singles. It is a, uh, it's called Timeless. It's about death people in your life that that die and then you don't want them to leave mm-hmm. and um so the, the lyrics kind of spell that out but it's uh, it started with his grandmother had died and he basically was just yeah. like this fucking sucks i wish we had more time together but together we're timeless our memories will yeah. last this sort of thing so it's a it's yeah. a nice sentiment for sure i like this chorus a lot yeah
Yeah, I dig that, man. This, uh, when I was going through YouTube trying to find some of these videos or them doing it live and stuff, uh, yeah. this song in particular, they are on David Letterman. And I for, they made me remember that they've been on Letterman a few times and he fucking loves them. Uh, oh, really? He, like, cool. you know, they'll go over and like say hi to the band afterwards. He is mm -hmm. always so excited. He's like, oh my God, that was great. So Letterman and me, we, we agree on uh, Airborne. So. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. You know, I didn't even think to, to do that. I saw there was a music video for this. I didn't mm -hmm. uh, watch it. Unfortunately, yeah. I didn't have uh, enough. Well, I guess I had time. I just didn't put you it in You just didn't do it. Look, cool. I'll just be honest with you. I just <laughs> simply didn't do it. I should have. I did not uh, do my due diligence on that. That's okay. But, you don't need to. We have the album for us. You know, I was going through, and I thought, oh, I bet there's... I was, I was kind of looking forward to the research part of this, at, at uh -huh. least as far as... You know, looking shit up on Wikipedia, which is what I do on The Nudist Colony. Which is like, right. if it's there, then that works for me. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's not. I really thought that there would be more information about this album on Wikipedia. Mm. Yeah, it's not the time. Just because I felt like there was, like, some on the previous two albums. Mm -hmm. I'm probably misremembering things. I've since crushed my skull. But uh, <laughs> I thought it was interesting that it didn't have a list of singles from this album. But from what I saw in Apple Music, underneath the, the album, it will have, like, the recommended videos from this mm -hmm. this album or whatever. It had Timeless on there. Um, but it didn't have a producer listed mm. on Wikipedia for this album. Do you have oh. anything on that? Because I... Yeah. Well, that's, like, that sucks. Most of the time, it will say, like, produced by, if anything, like, the band or whatever. But right. I didn't have any... I didn't find anything for it on that. I didn't realize it didn't show it on there. Uh, this was produced by Jaquire King. Oh. Um, I had never heard of this person. I think it's a... I think it's a man. Um, he had done uh, what, what in particular, um, Mikel had mentioned why they chose him for this was he had done yeah. Modest Mouse, um, their like oh, first okay. album. So he really liked like the mixing of that and the way those songs were. Um, he had he's done work for Kings of Leon, Tom Waits, Shania Twain, Nora Jones of Monsters and Men, Cold War Kids, um, Modest Mouse, uh, Dawes. That's another band I really like. So yeah, he's actually worked with a lot of people that I, I dig. Um, but yeah, um, I, I, you always bring that up. I never really pay attention to producers that much because mm -hmm. this album does sound different than their first two. Um, their first, they're, they're a very raw band to me. They, they always sound yeah. kind of live and they are mm -hmm. great live. Um, the first two albums had a lot of almost like a punk quality, not in, in music style, but in sort of like tone. Uh, they really were just like nitty gritty. We're just getting in there. We're going to fucking record this. This yeah. album feels a little more produced to me. Um, yeah. But in an okay way, it's like a, an evolution, and that's why it's funny. Their next album, they really like reverted. They, they really did something completely different, and they went like mm -hmm. electronica sort of. So uh, this song in particular, I like. It's not my favorite song. It's one of the main singles, but it almost makes me think of like Imagine Dragons or something. Like I can see oh, people being like, "This is kind of, I don't know, uh, this uh, this is like a song I could see going mainstream for them, but it's not my favorite because yeah. it's not my favorite style of theirs, right?" I see. Okay. Um, yeah, and I I paused the music real quick because I wanted to focus mm. on this bridge part. Oh yeah, uh, that goes back into the chorus, which is um, we've got kind of a little lead here. Yeah, I love their guitar work. Stephen Chen, their the guitarist, is so rad. Mm -hmm. He's really good. It's like just on the side of new metal. Like oh, it's yeah. like the the <laughs> old rock version of West Portland from Limp Bizkit. Yeah. I mean that as a compliment. Yeah. But like, so we, we're essentially here at the chorus, but yeah. it's just like stripped down, you know? Right. 
and then I love the yeah the harmony here like the drums coming in oh yeah. Anna's with her is yeah good harmony I can, like, I've never been to one of their concerts, but I can, mm-hmm. like, picture it in my head during yeah, that, you cool. know? Yeah. I just, I really like that. I, I love yeah, that, right a good bridge. Especially, like, when you're kind of reinterpreting the, the chorus mm-hmm. as a bridge. And I don't yeah. know, I just, I just think it's kind of neat. And I like um, that just now, yeah. like, Mikkel really holds a long, like, really long notes. Yeah. Yeah. I just love it. One of the notes I found about this album, a review that I really agreed with, was uh, from Q Magazine. Um, this was John Hazelwood. Uh oh. Q Anon. Q Anon Monthly. He said in this quote, um, "This record is much like the Earth, flat, disc-shaped. You know." Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, he said, such hot blood is at its best when it's at its most anthemic, um, like anthems. Uh, but they have a light touch, too. Anna Bulbrick's deft viola shows they're not afraid of intricacy. And, and in Mikel Jolet, they have one of the great wounded vocalists. I really love yeah. that. That's what he is to me. He's very scratchy. He's, he feels like he's, he's singing with his heart on his sleeve. Um, I, I so love the quality of his voice. Um, yeah, it, it really just, it, it's something that feels to me like it, it just clicks with my soul. Like th- this music oh, feels like music I could have written. Not that I like could, could like, cause it has to come from him or whatever. Just like if I was writing music, like this is already in me. Some of the songs feel like I already heard them whenever I first hear them, they just feel good. They feel natural. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and his voice just, yeah, I fucking love man. It vibrates at the same frequency as you. Ah, indeed. Mm-hmm. Right into my soul, man. So, yeah. um, the commentary for this one I want to mention real quick. Um, they said their name comes from a, a book called White Noise by Dom DeLeo. Um, mm-hmm. It's also a, a movie that you had mentioned a while ago on Netflix that they yeah. released uh, in the last few years. There's an airborne toxic event, a huge gas explosion in that movie, and it's kind of weirdly <laughs> COVID-esque. Yes, farty as well. Too. Yep. Um, it's a big metaphor for death. The idea is that um, this guy, he's exposed to this airborne toxic event and knows, like, you're going to die in 60 days. So he knows he's going to die. But the the idea is basically, like, we all know we're going to die eventually. So we could all live that way at any given time or whatever. Yeah. Um, so he's, Mikkel said he's kind of obsessed with death and poetry. He said, in the poetry of infiniteness, of non-existence, and all this crap, he would read, like, Nietzsche and read all these books and whatever. And then he had people near him that died. And his whole perspective changed. He realized, like, all this, this, this idea of, like, brokenness and poetry uh, just became more simple. And all he wanted was for it to not have happened. And all the metaphors and all that shit yeah. was stripped away. And he just wanted them to still be there. And this is the song that came out of that. Oh, so. okay. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Good times. Excellent. Yeah. Yes. Talking about death, you want to go know? to the next one? <laughs> sure. Absolutely. So track three, what's in a name? Question mark. Love oh. punctuation. You gotta love punctuation. You gotta love it. Yeah. If it's in the show title, like our name, so good. Oh my God. I really like this song. Great energy. Um, I like that they have this like the beat right there. Like it kind of pauses for a second. Yeah. You know, uh, I had listened to this album a few times through, and then I thought, you know what? Let me go back and kind of reflect on the first two albums. So I did. I went back and listened oh, to... Uh, I can't remember their their names at this point. Right. 
There's you know what's uh, the first one? Yeah, the first one is self-titled, everyone's talking event. The second one is uh, All at Once. Okay, there we go. Yeah. So I listened to those in order, and I decided as I was going back, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and start a an, the Airborne Toxic Event playlist for myself. Oh, cool. Just so yeah. I can like add all my like favorite songs on there. And that way, if I want to go back and listen to my favorite tracks of theirs, sure. I'll just have a playlist ready to go, you know? And uh, I ended up adding almost every track from both albums on there. Oh, I think it was just like, there's one track from the first mm-hmm. album, and maybe two tracks from the second album that didn't make right on the, the playlist so far. And I'm like, that's pretty fucking good. For a guy who listens to yeah. almost exclusively like metal and hip hop, right. that's pretty fucking good, you know? <laughs> yeah. So shout out to this band. Yeah, uh, right on. But there's there's a lot that's of stuff crazy. that I was noticing on the re-listen to those first two albums, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, I remember this song. Mm-hmm. And then I honestly, leading up to the, this discussion, I was like, oh man. I know Steven loves this band, but I don't know if these songs are going to uh, have that good of a callback for me. Right. Uh, On this album? uh, Yes. Yeah, yeah. On Such Hot Blood. And then I went back and I have re-listened to it a couple of times through since. I was like, oh, no, wait. Yeah, this sounds familiar. This sounds familiar. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm able to identify these songs um, just from memory and everything. Right, right. Yeah, I just... I wondered, yeah, if you would like this one less than the other two. Um... I don't know. I just I just thought maybe that might be the case. Um, I think those first two albums are, are my favorites, and then uh, this one I realized though has some of my favorite songs on it, but it's not my favorite album of theirs either. So I say, yeah, yeah. I like the album cover quite a bit. Yeah, though. it's just like real basic. It's not even like I don't even know what. I mean, it's just text. I don't right. know if it's supposed to be stylized to be like paint or something like that, where like part of the letters are, are flaked off and whatnot. Yeah. But, uh, Sure, a grungy it's a, quality to it. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, but simple. But, uh, I, I kind of like the uniformity of it all. You know, it's all yeah. Like with the the, the three word title and then the band name underneath, it's all kind of neatly fits fits in a uh, a box or a, you like a that, square. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't have many notes on this one or the commentary, but um, this one has a, a good energy. As I said, I, I, to me, it feels just like a live. It feels like a, a night out. And uh, he basically said he, he writes a lot of his songs autobiographically, but this is just a story. And the story of this one is about lost youth and a 15-year-old trying to get laid. Wow. Okay. So right. keep that in mind when you listen to this one. And uh, again, some of the lyrics kind of point to that way. But Do you think it was a mistake that Kevin Smith didn't use this song for Red State then? <laughs> <laughs> Three little horny boys yeah. trying to get laid in high school. <laughs> Man, I thought about Red State the other day. I would totally watch that again soon. Yeah, me too. Me too. That's a good Christmas movie, right? I think so. It's about Christians. It's the, the best Christmas movie. It's <laughs> yeah. red. Christmas is, you know, that's one of the colors. I do like that ending, too. They just have a good, I just like, I like, they're a rock band, and they're unabashedly a rock band, but then they add this other yeah. shit to it, these other layers, um, and there's so much going on, and like, like I said, they're live shows. You really feel that energy. It's so fucking good. Hell yeah, dude. So yeah, I like that song. Uh, The next one, though, The Storm, that's one of my favorites. Track four, The Storm. Mm. Before I took you away, I tried to think of something I could say. Do you ever work out to this song? You were getting the sick gains. I don't, I don't work out to anything. <laughs> this one I like because it starts off 
you know, slower or lower and quiet. Mm -hmm. And then it builds and builds. Um, the soundscapes of this one, the tone, the lyrics, uh, this one is one that has really good lyrics. The, the storm on the commentary that talked about, um, Mikkel was going through a lot of private struggles when he wrote this. And the it's the about the idea when someone sees that, when you're struggling, but you can't tell someone and someone else sees it and, and asks if you're okay. And oh. the empathy that is there between, mm -hmm. between two people in that moment. Um, that, that moment when someone wants to help you, but you can barely make it through. So he said the storm can be a lot of things. To him, it's a very specific thing, but to everybody, it can be anything. So uh, this song has gotten me through a lot. It means a lot to me. Um, and I just really like how it, how it builds up and builds up into this like epic song. Huh. Maybe there's something to lyrics. Maybe. <laughs> it's harder for you because you, you don't focus on those usually in your own music. I really don't. Like. I really don't. Right. Um, I, really I also big to this band, you know? Yes. Yeah, I remember that from the first two albums when we discussed those. Yeah. I just, uh, I'm just really bad at uh, paying attention to, to lyrics. It's, it's more of a, <laughs> yeah. I, I focus more on like rhythm and like uh, right. drumming or beats or whatever. Um, but I know that's really important for this band. I, uh, again, I meant to go through and listen to uh, this album while reading the lyrics. But mm -hmm. when I was listening to this album, it was uh, at work as it was like working, and I couldn't take my focus off of that enough to right. uh, look up their lyrics or whatever. But um, I know that's something you focus on, so I was like, hopefully Stephen <laughs> knows, <laughs> knows what these, these songs are about. But uh, yeah. I do like that idea. Um, you know, it, it's not something that. The music I listen to typically like addresses, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Though now, I can't say Maybe for certain. Maybe they do. <laughs> I have no idea. Is uh, is WAP about that? <laughs> You're like, I know three words of that of the lyrics, yeah. but that's yeah. all. That's all I know. Wet ass puppies. Okay. Yes, we like it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and I like, I like how quiet it gets again. You had mentioned this uh, on the other albums before that you're, you're into like, oh, here we go. God, I just love that. It just gets me. Um, he doesn't write, he doesn't write the songs like in a typical pattern. He does have like verses and choruses and stuff and bridges yeah. and whatever, but he doesn't care. There's no like formula. It's just, what does the song call for in that moment? What do you feel? And that's how, when I write music, that's how I do it. I just kind of keep going and like put things where they feel good and it doesn't yeah. necessarily need and you can repeat the course and make a bridge out of it and change it and slow it oh. this ending so if you think about that empathy Mm -hmm. When someone sees that moment, that whole that whole song a second ago was so epic, and it's like you're getting through that, and then it ends with this like hug sort of thing. That's how I feel. Yeah, like. yeah. It's like yeah. the the sound of somebody is the sound of empathy is uh, yeah is what that is. You know, with the I love it. I, I like when they bring back portions of the song and kind of repurpose it for uh, you know a bridge, like I said, or mm -hmm. um, maybe the. The, the closeout of a song or whatever. So you've got these uh, interesting refrains uh, for sure from each song. So I think that's I think that's pretty neat. Personally. I think that's pretty neat too. Well, you the uh, the next I'll song. I'll stand here in front of God <laughs> and everyone and say I think that's pretty goddamn neat. 
the next song on the list is Safe. Safe. Love how this starts with a piano. That's cinder blocks, actually. They're oh, just wow. mic'd weird. Yeah. Okay. It's a good mic. Mm, it really is. Mm-hmm. Mike's a good guy. Yeah. Mm. I really do love the bass. The, the new bass player is really good. Um, Noah had some really interesting things. I, I don't know what the fallout was, but they he wrote some songs. I can't remember which ones, uh, if I haven't listed on here, but um, I know True Love is one. But uh, this song, Safe, um, builds and builds in this really epic song. Um, it has a lot of repeating lyrics, everything, everything. It just keeps saying that. But it's, uh, it's again, it's a, a catharsis for me. It's a moment. It's a song I listen to whenever I need to like process something as well. And uh, it gets up to these, like, towards the end, it gets these, like, cool swirling guitars, and they just keep saying all that like everything everything over and again it just feels yeah. like when that when life is throwing everything at you and you're just trying to scream back at it to stop sort of thing mm-hmm. and um they had come up with a song last minute they realized they had they needed one extra song they were contracted to have like 10 songs and they'd only written nine so they they uh-huh. just jammed and yeah. figured this out in like three days and they recorded it as a demo and then they brought it to their producer Joe Choir, and he was like cool let's move on and they were like oh yeah. that's it so this one is like really raw. It's like all of them playing it live and they recorded it like a few times and then they just took one of those takes. So this is like one of their only songs. Everybody's playing like live here. Oh, that's awesome. In the studio. Yeah. I think they're really good at that. They, I feel like they excel at making songs that sound like that, even though those mm-hmm. first two albums were likely recorded uh, individually or whatever. Right. The, the individual tracks. Sure. But um, and then synced up in the mixing process. They, I feel like they just excel at crafting a sound that sounds like the band went in and performed the song live right. in studio. I know during that the energy. pandemic, yeah, during yeah. the pandemic they performed their was it like Hollywood Park live mm-hmm. in studio yeah. in its entirety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, I watched That's, the whole thing. That was really nice. Yeah. Um, it it's just has a feeling of that essentially right um, for sure but I, I do like that quite a bit and also you touched on something that I have been like in the back of my head I've been curious about because there are a lot of like a lot of new metal albums that I've listened to <laughs> on the other podcasts where I'm like they don't need to have 14 tracks on this fucking thing no. like three <laughs> tracks would have been good. yeah man but it, it does feel like a lot of times I'll listen to albums and I'm like there has to be a contractual stipulation that says right. you got to have X <laughs> yeah. amount of either time or tracks on there. Sure. It's just, it's just but 10 not should be that limit, right? Like that, it should be 14. Not, yeah. not if you don't need it. Exactly. Yeah. Right. If you can say everything you need to say, I like that. Um, and they, they'll sometimes have, you know, like, like anybody, they'll have like extended editions with extra songs, but, um, and sometimes I didn't find them for like years later. I didn't know there was like an extra edition, but. Um, mm. But this one, yeah, I feel like it, it gets in and gets out. It knows what it wants to say. I like the violin on this. Oh, or viola. Yeah. Whatever that. I, I call it both. Yeah, I really. Yeah, the string thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I love this this building up right here. So this is like in my car, and I'm fucking blaring this shit right here. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Ah, oh, that shit. Oh. My heart fucking melts. <laughs> oh. That style guitar thing. Oh my god. 
when you see them live, do you ever start skanking to this part? Oh, always. It's all I do. Start sure. dance. Yeah. <laughs> start kicking out them legs and this throwing them throwing bows. Oh my god. This song is five minutes, 11 seconds long. It's not even the longest track on this album. Wow. Yeah, they do. Again, like, uh, it's almost like modern TV shows, right? They just let it, however long it needs to be. Might be like 25 minutes, might be like an hour and 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. whatever it calls for. And they always kind of end with these little, like, quieter moments, you know? Yeah. I really like how it, it drops back and... You can kind of reflect on what you just listened to a little bit. Mm-hmm. Start writing an essay about it. Mm-hmm. Turn it well, in. Homework no, do. Yeah. no extra credit. <laughs> what? <laughs> there you go. Hell yeah. All right. Uh, any other notes for you on that one? No, man. Let's go for it. Well, let's move on to track six, Bride and Groom. Mm. This is like kind of their older stuff. Oh, and this, yeah, they introduced some like a horn section. Oh, okay. I thought maybe this was like keyboards or whatever. Yeah, they, they actually work with a lot of, like I said, like they'll perform with orchestras and stuff, but they work with mm-hmm. a lot of different types of people and, and instruments. Um, I love the melody in the beginning and um, it just makes me think of, uh, yeah, their older stuff. Like, this could have been on the second album very easily to me. Oh, yeah. Um, Mikkel said this is one of his favorite songs he's ever written, at least uh, when it came out. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, this one's about, it's called Bride and Groom. It's about a bride and groom, a, a bride kind of realizing she doesn't want to get married and what that means for her life. Oh, And then okay. the very last lyric is something about, like, and the groom. And it's kind of like they they're sitting on the steps of their church on the morning of their wedding and they've decided to break up and then the, oh. at the very end the groom realizes oh I'll also be lonely and single after this sort of thing oh okay but this oh. right here can you turn this up right here oh yeah I don't know if this is your style of music but I love this kind of this kind of beat and this kind of lyrics that he's thrown over it yeah it's like a little it, more like folksy maybe yeah, but I like the, like, kind of, I like the delineation of, like, mm-hmm. time being kept, you know? Yeah. Like, you kind of know when to, like, nod your head or tap your foot or right. flick your bean. Could you, like, focus on, oh, wait, what was that? Flick your bean? Huh? Right? <laughs> you focus on, like, beats and timing uh, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's, like, what you're attracted to. Yeah. And that was another thing I noticed upon listening to the first two albums again is, like, the rhythm section is just, like, Stellar. Mm. The bass player, the drums. Yeah. It's just great. I love that. Mm-hmm. The mystery drummer to this band. No one knows the name of. <laughs> Nobody knows his name. <laughs> um, and the commentary in this, he said uh, he was thinking about his last couple of years and he wrote this song about failure, like the failure of that relationship, but he's kind of obsessed with it and like what it what it does to you when you fail. Oh, I mm. love this piano too. The, the melodies that play with each other, that all, each of them could be individual songs to me, but then you put them together and it makes this one epic song, and I'm like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. 
That's a good point, Stephen. Again, another thing I don't ever think about. <laughs> Melody typically escapes me, but uh, yeah, you are correct. Right. It's it's that's why we're different with our music and why I'm so attracted to this band. The lines that I do like in this one are coming up. It's uh, oh, okay. then you took your clothes off instead. It's how it gets like into the chorus, right here. took your clothes off instead and you danced around my room but don't worry you said because the end is coming soon and we'll meet again someday and we'll toss the cursed ruins of the bride i'll never be and the groom mm. it's just like poetry man fucking poetry <laughs> <laughs> um that also has imagery of mermaids and sirens in that um oh okay. that, it talks about the sea and and it has the idea is basically like he was falling in love with his wife because she was a siren to him she was you know, he was attracted to her at one point and he would crash upon the rocks just to, just to meet her, just to be at her feet, but it might ruin him. And then they realize at the end that, yeah, it will. And they're not meant to be together sort of thing. I see. Okay. Yeah. Wild. Okay. And then maybe yeah. he like saw a star <laughs> Starbucks cup. He was like, wait a minute. He's this like, gives me an idea. I like this chick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's got two legs that are scaly. And then like, you know, but I'm digging it. Is he for tunnel it. in between? <laughs> All right, so let's move on to tracks. Do you have any other uh, no. notes on that? Okay, so we'll yeah. move forward to track seven, True Love. Right after this also has a room. cool opening and an old school Airborne Toxic event sound to me. It's fun. Not my favorite, but I like it. I was going to ask, is this a ukulele? This is her picking her oh. violo. Yeah, and that, if you watch like live videos for some of these, um, this is... Uh, She'll do that a lot. I didn't. I didn't know that people were allowed to pick their viola in public. That's, you okay. know, you're not supposed to. Like, it's like a wedgie, sort of. I but, see. Um, okay. In in certain certain contexts, it's okay. You know? Okay, I see. So, like this song, for example. Right. I think I had heard that uh, the opening lines of the song were written while. Mikkel was drunk in an airplane bathroom? That's that right. The song? Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on that commentary thing. This was, um, yeah, so Noah, uh, the bass player, wrote this one. Co-wrote it with Mikkel, but he, he wrote, like, the music at first. He had all these things, and they were, Mikkel was drunk on an airplane next to him, and he was like, he just took the laptop, and he was like, I'm fucking singing to this. Went in the bathroom, busted out that It's True Love thing, because it's what oh. was in his head. When you said busted uh, out, I was like, okay, <laughs> what was he doing in the bathroom? <laughs> They said they still did the recording, and maybe he did bust them out. Uh, oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, he uh, he just thought it was cool, and he basically was like, when you have a moment of inspiration, he believes you have to go for it. You can't... And I, I do this, too, with my songwriting or anything I have an idea for. Like, I try to write it down as soon as possible and come back to it later. 
because I know I'll forget it. And you have those moments of clarity and you're like, he knew this is like what it needed to be and was like, I have to record it right now. Yeah. Uh, I would have loved to have heard someone just belting out a fucking song in the bathroom in an air- airplane. That, yeah, that would I'm be sure wild. I could hear it, you know. Yeah. yeah, of course. What do you think about this one, though? Is it, uh, this one's not my favorite. It's okay, but... Um, I, I like it. It sounds uh, kind of like springy, summery, you know? Yeah, there you go. I like this that. is a cool part where she's like... Yeah. She, Anna is really great. She she left the band and started a uh, like a music school for girls, and uh, I think that's what she still does. And uh, it's it's really cool. So she's she's awesome. I, did she say if she liked touring or? What, I think it probably she, took a toll. Yeah, on them, because um, they toured for a long time. Like they're like a 2007 2008 band. And um, we'll talk about it for the next song. This is London, because that's about them touring in London. Um, but I think over time, yeah, she, you know, they got older. They, I don't know if she has, like, a kid or anything, but Mikkel does. Like, they're settled down. They've changed, you know? Yeah. They're not as, you know, punk rock as they used to be. Mm-hmm. But, um, Are they just a four-piece know. band now? No, so they, they do have, yeah, the original um, bass player is gone, and so they replaced him. Mm-hmm. And then they replaced um, Anna with a touring musician, um, and her name escapes me right now. I do follow her. She's also really good. She she plays the violin or viola, and um, she's also really fucking rad. She does really. She fills in really well, and um, so I really like her as well. But um, and the new, I think his name is Adrian, the the bass player. Um, I'm trying to remember his name right now too. But he had been in some other bands. I think they both had uh, Adrian Rodriguez, and then mm-hmm. uh, Miriam Pachette, uh, Mimi is what they call her, Mimi. And uh, so they're they're new, but yeah, so they're still a five piece. And she's weird. I don't know. It's like they haven't. Sometimes they say like she's touring with them, and then like I don't know if she's really a full part of the band. That's how the bass player started. Like he was touring, and now he is part of the band. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think they're back to like a five piece. Yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah. All Long right. story short. Well, so uh, this is London. Next song. Th- this is London, baby. Oh, yeah. yeah. I used to not like this one that much. It's really grown on me over time. Um, but I do like the song. Uh, they Basically, when they first broke um, any kind of song, London is where it happened in England. Like, they felt like that was their, the people that really liked them the most. And so they decided to go and tour there first. And I guess they did a little bit in the States and then went over there. They played 30... 30 shows and 30 nights. Yeah. And note too, yeah. Yeah, they were just like, it was the dumbest tour in the world, but um, they went to like tiny bars and towns that nobody's ever heard of. And um, this song is when they went back there with their second album and they've been a little bit bigger and they've been around the world a few times and they went back to London. And this song is about remembering the, the nostalgia of their first tour and how crazy it was, but how fun it was as well. Yeah. That. I made that same note about the, the 30 nights and 30 days, or 30 shows and 30 days, and I was like, yeah. oh my god, that's psychotic. And it I don't want to do like, anything 30 days in a row. Like, <laughs> it, I guess if you, the idea of like, oh, you're playing songs you know for 30 minutes or an hour a night. Okay, wow, Ooh. big whoop. But there's a whole process of like, okay, we got to like plot out this course to like make these bookings at these different places. You've got to figure out travel accommodations you've got to take all of your equipment right you've got to find some place to stay so you can like shower and 
get your clothes ready to perform and uh, yeah and they're a young band they don't have someone I, I don't imagine they had anybody doing any of that stuff for them yeah. like they didn't have like a major label or anything they were like on indie labels like I think a lot of it they had to do themselves especially in the early days so yeah yeah it's a, it's a lot that is a lot you know just putting this podcast together was a lot you know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> just, and we just do it once a week yeah yeah <laughs> I know we had a good system and then we decided to upgrade things to play music while dumb dumbs we're dumb dumbs it's way more difficult than we thought it would be but yeah. hey, here we you are know it's working you know? though yeah. so far so good I do like this Cool, that's good, bro. That's good, bro. I know that's good instrumentation, bro. <laughs> but I do like it. One thing I'll say here um, is that I had an interesting uh, time listening to this. I hadn't listened to this album in a while, and we listened to it for the podcast. Yeah. And things didn't work out technology-wise, so we didn't get to, to do it as early as we thought. So I'd been sure. listening to it for like a week, you know, a few days, and then like a week. And then it didn't work, and so I kept listening to it. And for one, it was just interesting to have more time. I wish I would have just started earlier, and mm. I, I think it would be nice to do that for future albums, like try to that we review, try to listen to them. But... Um, I also realized like I will do a we'll pick a movie or an album or whatever for the show and then I get really into it and it's like once I hear your take on it I want to listen to it all over again and it's really the the following week from a show that I usually get super into something <laughs> so yeah. this time I, I kind of was able to do that because we oh, skipped cool, yeah. that show so yeah. now I feel like I have that energy that that love of this again and I have a lot more to say about it because I lived with it longer before oh, the show. Oh that's good. Yeah. That's good. Um there are often times where uh, I will just listen to an album often enough to be able to have a thought or two on a particular track right. uh, just to be able to get through a podcast recording. And I'm just yeah. like, I don't know. I don't know. And that's not, <laughs> not here. This is on the nudist colony. It turns out oh, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of new metal albums. Not good. <laughs> not good. If you can believe it. But you'll at the end of the show, when you get through all the new metal, You'll know. You'll be the experts. You are the experts, and you'll you'll know what to tell people. Like, avoid this. This one's good. This has one song. You know that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Sometimes no songs. You're right. Can you believe it? <laughs> they made an album with no songs. Imagine that. Let's move on to track nine, the fifth day. This My favorite, is for sure. The longest track on this album, six minutes yeah. thirteen seconds. Oh, worth every penny, man. Worth every minute. This one starts so delicate. Oh. And builds and builds and builds. This broken glass, this early This is the song that the melody, I feel it in my bones. Oh, yeah? Like, this is the song. There's this thing later on, and it sounds like a, like a movie score that I know. It sounds like a song that I already knew before I listened to it. I could call and this one is the one that I connect with like the most. Um, and you love whistling songs. It says whistling in it. I love a good whistle. Yeah. 
Oh. Who doesn't, you know? Oh, my God. I'm sorry, you don't like whistling in songs? You've never experienced joy then. Uh, my main note for this particular track is that it feels like an album closer, and it sounds like that's something that the band acknowledged in the commentary. Right. And I was like, oh, okay, but they didn't do it. <laughs> like, there was, but did you, they you hear the reason, though, right? Yeah, that they uh, wanted to add like an epilogue right. or whatever, right? And then yeah, we do. Elizabeth, the next song, is a song I also really hold dear and I really like, and it's very quiet. And this song is so epic. And it does, like, when he says that, Elizabeth is like an epilogue to this being the ending. And it's, it, it kind of leads you to spend time with what you just experienced and everything, and then end on a quieter note. Um, mm-hmm. once, it, once you know that, where you listen to the album a few times and you know how that it goes, uh, I think it really works. Works for me. Yeah. I do like that this song is kind of like, it encompasses everything that the band does in a way, you know? Yeah. This part, this. That stuff sounds like a movie score that I know. It sounds yeah. like a David Lynch thing to me, or it sounds like something that I know, like it almost sounds like Twin Peaks. It just scratches an itch that I like. I don't know. Yeah, they sound like a very cinematic band. Yeah. Like there's it's a, a lot of stuff them. where you could like, you could see the, the like film, like mm-hmm. frames ticking by. Right. Well, yeah, since I love this band and I love movies, I've thought many times about how you could turn these, these albums are like stories. I see them like woven together in a, a, you know, an actual story in some way. And I would love to see them, him work on something like that. Um, this one, this is how I listen to this song. It's one thing he mentioned in the commentary. He was riding alone in his house and he just got obsessed with the song and he had huge loudspeakers and he would just blare this at 4 a.m., just different versions of it, trying to work it out. Mm-hmm. And um, the other day when I listened to this for like my sixth time in the last two weeks or something, I just sat outside and uh, just listened to a lot of these songs and just kind of like let the breeze roll by and just like let it all sink in, feel feel those feelings I felt 10 years ago when I was processing yeah. things with this. And uh, man, I totally get that. Um, the this song is, is one that, you know, I, I blare at 4 a.m. when I need to, you know. <laughs> Just waking up your dog, your wife, oh, yeah. just everyone. I love this. There we you go. Mentioned the- yeah, the whistles, whistle. man. The perfect spot for a whistle. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and if you, this is like everything is building up. Oh, if you make it four minutes into a song and it, you still have time left, throw a whistle in there. Yeah, buy yourself some time. <laughs> said the, the first part of this song is about loss and thinking about how you got so wrapped up in something. Yeah. Um, sung by a man and a woman. And the second half is like the underbelly of the dream life of the song. Um, almost as if they're in separate rooms and they meet in this dream world and that's where they can finally connect. Um, oh, okay. I don't 
I don't, it's not like I get all those things. It's like a, a writer explaining what their process and what they're putting out there. And I'm glad he mentioned that. I can see it, I can hear it, but I, I didn't notice that necessarily, but mm -hmm. it really uh, kind of feels good for this song. Um, he said that it's that space that they're in, that they're almost in, in awe at how sad it is, life, uh, relationships, whatever, and trying to, trying to meet up in the dream world, trying to make it perfect. Um, and the symphony, ish that you hear in this is just Anna and Noah. Um, Noah used um, like a cello and, and stuff for this and, and Anna's like viola and whatever so mm -hmm. they really make it like more epic. That's one of my big regrets from uh, winding up in the hospital from my accident in 2022 is uh, they never brought me any cello to eat. <laughs> Back to you. I was like where's this going? <laughs> Oh, I've no, heard, man, you got to have that cello. I've, I've heard hospital cello is pretty good. <laughs> it's exclusively lime. That's all you get. Yeah, I know. Not my favorite. Oh, <laughs> I still I still crush them. You still? Lime, oh, yeah? Lime cello. Oh. We had jello the other day, man. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, we got we got uh, strawberry banana, baby. Oh, my God. Congratulations. Yeah, that's that's, that's good. At. Strawberry yeah. banana uh, <laughs> combination just fucking hits. I also so love a blueberry the the... and a lemon. Oh. Oh, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a fancy combo. That could have been yourself. the uh, the end of the album, though. You know, could like you been. said, it, it it even like winds down, but uh, yeah, it leads into the the last song, Elizabeth. Um, Elizabeth pops up a lot in his music. She's written about uh, and their their main song from the first album, um, sometime where uh, sometime around midnight. They mm. uh, he mentions the girl in the white dress. That's Elizabeth. It's an ex-girlfriend of his. He's he's married now to, uh, I think it's a different person, but um, Elizabeth pops up a lot. So this song, the lyric from that I love is, all your songs are sad songs. Why do you always have to make you feel like shit? Um, this is about basically making fun of himself for writing a lot of sad songs. And then he had yeah. a girlfriend who was like, can't you write me a song and not make it fucking sad, you loser? And he's like trying to poke fun of himself while also writing a very sentimental sad song. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like meta, kind of tongue-in-cheek, but uh, it also has just a really good feeling to it. I remember hearing that on the commentary. I was like, oh, okay. So he like, he gets it. Like it's a yeah. it's meta yeah. in that way. Yeah, he said his, she has a verse where she asked him to write a love song instead of a sad song. And then his return, his return verse is saying, this is the best I know how to do. Like oh, I, okay. I'm trying, this is how I write music. You know, it's mm -hmm. our process, so. Interesting. I, uh, the first listen through of this album, I was like, ah, man, this song sounds out of sequence for me. But mm -hmm. then, you know, listening to the commentary certainly helped. It's, it, yeah, it was planned it to be, be this way. Because um, that, you know, uh, the fifth day, track nine, is so epic. Right. Uh, it just, like, takes you on a, a sonic journey. And it then does, you get yeah. to this one, and it's really, like, stripped down. And it's kind of... It, it almost feels or felt to me at that time that it was... It could have appeared earlier in this album. Yeah. But, uh, you know, with the context of what he said about it in the commentary, right. it, it makes sense. It helps, yeah. I can totally see your point. Um, and I, it, it's kind of like his songwriting I talked about. Like, he doesn't follow a specific formula. He just does what feels right. Um, whatever he's trying to say to the world. And so he is a writer. He, he, he wants to kind of portray this whole album as a, a story. Uh, or a bunch of disconnected stories kind of all together and then um you know at the end have like an epilogue and uh and it kind of works um and at the very end when we get there it really does kind of end abruptly 
and uh and it's nice though it has strings and xylophone in this it's um after all the heaviness of the other songs you kind of just get to have this little quiet moment yeah i mean like you were saying uh mikhail kind of does things his own way he marches to the beat of his own drummer who right. is a mystery because no one knows who this guy is <laughs> this band evidently no I, I like the drums on this a lot I will agree with you as well that this album sounds like the most polished between yeah. this and the, the first two albums, but it doesn't sound bad. It still feels... Yeah, um, it's an evolution. Yeah, there's a nice rock feel to it, but right. uh, it, it does sound like uh, it's just been plussed up a little bit. Things yeah. sound a, a little bit more clean. And not that it right. ever sounded grungy, but um, I don't know. It had a raw quality to the other ones. Yeah. This feels like it took those and then this producer like polished that and it's it's just a different style and I like it for different reasons yeah uh, but uh, yeah this we come up on the end so yeah he he mentioned like what if it just ends and you just have to sit with that you have to spend your time with those ideas just hanging in the air what does this all mean yeah so yeah I just uh from from front to back for me this is a very therapeutic album and um, one that I'm really glad we did because it, I I re-fell in love with it these past few weeks and realized how much it, a lot of these songs really mean to me. And I also have, you know, like a playlist of their songs that I, I really like my favorites. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, some of them are on there, like uh, The Fifth Day, obviously, and The Storm, Safe, um, The Secret. Those songs are, you know, mean something to me. And uh, yeah. they're the ones that I, I gravitate towards, yeah, go back to over and over again. That's awesome. How do you rate this amongst the previous two albums like if you had to put them in order of of favorites what would you do yeah i would say that uh the last one uh all at once which the last album we did and the one before this um was their second their sophomore album that's the one the one i really fell in love with them the first time i I, the first album i really like now but i only really liked sometime around midnight the first time that was like their single their Mm -hmm. only kind of big hit like back in 2007 or 2008 and um, over time, after the second album came out, I was like, oh, I remember that band. I really like that song. And then I fell in love with that album. And then I revisited the first one and realized, like, oh, my God, I really love this, too. Yeah. Um, so I think that second album, All at Once, really still sticks with me. It, it has, um, uh, I believe, like, Numb is on there. And the, the title song, All at Once, is really good. It has a lot of also therapeutic songs that really helped me get through some moments. And I just really like the rock vibes and everything about it. But um, this album is, is I'd probably say I like this one more than the first. So I like the second okay. one, this one. Um, I'm curious for you to hear Dope Machines and Songs of God Whiskey. Yeah. Songs of God Whiskey, I only like like a handful of them. I like them all for various reasons, but I only really like a handful of them. Dope Machines has some pretty cool stuff, but it's really quite different than the rest of interesting. this. Interesting. Yeah. So that'd be interesting. But um, it's the same you know style and band, but they, they really like electronic it up. And they still have like viola and all that stuff, but... Um, it's different. And then their newest one, Hollywood Park, that he came out with his his memoir, I still haven't listened to because it came out, as I said, I was planning to see it, him in person and all that stuff, and read the book, and then COVID happened, and it was all just too heavy because mm-hmm. his life is really heavy. He escaped from, like, a cult when he was a kid and wasn't, it wasn't able to see his parents for a while, and his dad was in jail and all the stuff he goes into. So I've been putting that off. I'm excited to hear that album and uh, read that book eventually. Um, but, yeah, this one... Uh, I really dig, and uh, I'm curious for you as well. Like, what do you? You said you listened to those first two albums. You've heard this one now. How do you kind of rank them? I would go uh, two, one, three, and I don't think this album is bad by any means. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like I just have um, 
you know, uh, some nostalgia from the first two. Yeah. Of uh, doing the podcast together and everything. And sure. uh, I feel like this one will grow on me over time. There's uh, a number of songs that I will uh, likely add from this album, such hot mm-hmm. blood to my, uh, my Tate playlist. But, um, you know, I, I just have uh, warm feelings going back and listening to those first two albums again. Uh, but there are some really good songs on this album as yeah, well. Right so yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the, uh, the next one dope machines. So maybe we won't have to yeah. wait, you know, two years. Uh, maybe we can uh, do that one next year and, yeah, kind of go forward. I thought since there. there's two of them, yeah, maybe we could do that next year and then the yeah. the next one the following year and kind of keep up a, a little anniversary of our own here. Yeah, uh, that would work for me too. Dope machines, as I said, it's like electronica. It's it's a dual meaning as well. It's like um, he's trying to be like technology, like our phones. Like it's a dope machine. That's fucking cool. But mm-hmm. it's also like a dope machine. Like I'm fucking addicted to it. Like, like yeah. you know, it's giving me like endorphins and uh, what is it? It's giving me like good feelings. Um, but yeah. Uh, I'm I'm excited for you to listen to that one. It's it's quite different, and I don't know if you like it or not. But um, I don't know if you like any of these. It's this is my favorite band, and uh, not many people know them. And I, I I besides this podcast, I don't really share them with the world. So I'm glad mm. that we were able to do this, and maybe some people will find something they like. So well, look, you're talking to the guy that just listened to an hour and twenty eight minutes of Andre <laughs> three thousand playing a flute, various flutes. <laughs> so you know, not the weirdest thing I will have listened to. I'm sure. But uh, I, I, I do like uh, electronics and, and, you know, sampling and that type of thing. So I'm, yeah. I'm curious to see what, like uh, it. what the band does in that direction. Yeah, that could be so interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, uh, I think that's pretty much all my notes. Um, I, I wanted to mention real quick, uh, my, you know, this band is my favorite and, and it's why I named my, my film production company a little less profound. That's from yes. a song called Graveyard by Your House. There is also a... Um, uh, a YouTube video with Phineas. You know who Phineas is? Uh, his brother is Ferb. They're on the Disney Channel. <laughs> yes. No, from uh, uh, Billy Eilish's uh, yeah. producer slash brother, right? Right, yeah. yeah. And I didn't know much about him I, or her. I, I, I found out I like both of their, their music. But um, he uh, he's on a, a version um, of Graveyard by Your House, where I got that my title from, oh. um, singing that with Mikkel um, just a little while ago. at uh, They did a live show at the Greek. Uh, the Greek theater in LA and they've released an album of that. But, uh, there's a YouTube video where he's singing that song, which is a great song with, with Mikkel and it's beautiful. And, uh, I found out afterwards that he had said that, um, cause he's such, he's like a huge producer now with Billy Eilish. Yeah. Like they've won so many Grammys and stuff. They're fucking ginormous. And he was like, yeah, growing up, I listened to the everyone toxic event. It's, they're the ones that like Mikkel, like writing those lyrics and that music and stuff. That's what like spurred him. It's one of his like main influences. Well, that's awesome. And I was like, I love that he did that because he's so huge. So he's he's bringing notoriety to these people as well that uh, that I think everybody, you know, would really dig if they were bigger, mm-hmm. but they're just uh, stayed a small band this whole time. So it's a really good video. Um, you can find that online. It's uh, Graveyard by Your House with Phineas and Airborne Toxic Event. But um, that's about the last of my notes, man. Same here. Same here. This was so much fun to be able to do with you now that we've got this whole like setup going hopefully we won't have to I know. <laughs> wait such a long time in between like talking about for music sure. and everything we can make it more of a regular um discussion for this silly pop culture podcast indeed man and i am glad that yeah it finally worked and uh I, I hope this turned out really well i hope people really dig it i certainly had a good time reviewing this with you i'm glad you suggested i uh, for an anniversary show. So, uh, and I'm glad we finally got to do it after all these weeks trying to make it work. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> good show, man. Um, Absolutely. Well, uh, next week, I don't think we have anything planned yet, so, uh, stay tuned, but, uh, we'll, we'll do something fun, I'm sure. And, 
Um, yeah, looking forward to uh, to another week. But for now, thank you guys for listening to my favorite band, the Airborne Toxic Event. I hope you did find some songs you liked and try to go support them if you can. Uh, I certainly will. And I uh, will definitely see you next time they're around me in town. So uh, I look forward to finally seeing them after all these years. I think it's it's been like since 20, God, is it 2015? I think it's the last time I saw them. So oh, yeah. Uh, yeah when they released those last uh, albums. So, um, but yeah, uh, if you'd like, you can contact us. All the info is in the show notes. You can rate, review us on your favorite podcast apps. Five stars is always appreciated. And please tell your friends so more people can find us. Yes, please. Please and thank you. You know? Indeed. Well, Brent, I had a good time with you today. Uh, any last parting words for you? Uh, no, not even one. Excellent. Well said. Well, <laughs> until next time, I'm Steven. I'm Brent. And let's talk later. Bye. I hope this worked. One, two, three, record. Please, sweet baby Carl. Oh, please. The cutest version of Carl. Still has a mustache. Please let this work. (laughs) May your badge forever shine. Do you want to play a, a song of your own choosing to, to test it at this I, moment? I guess so. Um, let me, let me see what I can, can find here. Right. I, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm nervous that if I, uh, switch, switch songs <laughs> oh, that's true. or whatever, it's going to do the weird little like static thing, but how else are we going to know? Right. Unless, unless we give it a shot. So I'm going to pop this all the way down. Let me see if I can. We're going to have to uh, do whatever album you're choosing. We're going to, we're going to do the entire album from uh, Chumbawamba now, aren't we? Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oops. We're stuck. (laughs) That or, you know, close to. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Oh, oh, okay. Oh. Sing it if you know it. Is this your... Is your chores songs yeah, that you do chores too? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've never seen cleaner dishes in your life, Steven. <laughs> With these wet ash dishes. That's right, yeah. <laughs> I can hear it. I think, yeah, okay, working, I think it's working okay. It worked out. All right. Once. You know what? For once in our lives. Yeah. Fucking Cardi and Megan to the rescue uh, on this one. So damn straight. That really man. worked out. Uh, okay, well, great. That was a. Uh, Things was, are looking up. So far, so good. <laughs> <Yeah>. Hesitantly, though. <laughs> Very hesitantly. Um, so I. Uh, I, I, I do have a uh, something that um, mm-hmm. was brought up on a recent episode of Erie International. Oh, perfect. Uh, it was uh, during the week of Thanksgiving, so David Hopkins was not on that episode. So it's just the two European fellas, mm-hmm. Andy Preller and Dave Roberts, our, uh, our friends and our uh, past and future guests on the show. Winston, of course, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, smoke them if you got them. Winston <laughs> cigarettes, shout out. Um, don't do it. Don't do it. It's bad. But... Uh, They were talking about uh, Celsius versus Fahrenheit, you know, uh as far as like temperatures go. And they were, you know, positing that our uh, unit of temperature measurement, Mm -hmm. Fahrenheit, which I always have to like try to remember. I can never remember like which is which, like since I've been out of high school, like it doesn't really come up a lot. I just kind of look at my my watch Uh on my phone. It's just like it's this many degrees. Right. I don't. It's just Fahrenheit. You don't think about it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't right. focus on the C or the F or whatever. But they were saying that for them who uses, I I guess it would be like the Imperial uh, mm-hmm. version of that. Mm-hmm. Maybe, right? yeah. I feel like yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah. And we use, <laughs> wait, do we use, we don't use metric. We use Imperial, right? I don't know now. I don't fucking know. Anyway. So you wanted a segment to make us look dumb? Is that what we're doing here? Oh, wait, it, it was, it's almost effortless at this point, but... I bring that yeah, up because Imperial they versus were metric. Yeah. Okay. So they oh, are my on the metric system and we are Imperial, mm-hmm. which is weird, right? Because yeah. the reason America was founded was like, we don't want to get away from like the empire and all that mm-hmm. shit, you know, mm-hmm. Vader isn't looking so good right now. So it's like, maybe we should start our own thing. You know, maybe we'll why don't do we go thing. to this? Why don't we go to this undiscovered land filled with people? And just, I don't know, set up shop there, see how that goes. But they were talking about how uh, on the Celsius range, Mm -hmm. water freezes at zero, Mm -hmm. and then it boils at 100. Mm -hmm. That sounds pretty nice. And look, I'm all about dunking some some, uh, (laughs) foreigners in the Boston Harbor, bro. (laughs) But you got to give it to them. That makes way more sense. It's, It's pretty nice, man. Yeah, it makes way more sense than like water freezes at, say it with me, 32 degrees. <laughs> Why? Why is that? Huh? Why does that make sense? And it boils at 212, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Is it? Is that it? 212? I, I think so. Uh, oh, my God. What a missed opportunity on episode 212 of this <laughs> podcast that we didn't have a boiling wall, boiling water celebration episode. Yeah, 212. There's a there's a school in my district that I at the place I work at and stuff. They'll come play football. And their tagline, mm-hmm. I guess, is like 212 degrees. Like they'll have flags <laughs> that say like 212 on them. And I was always like, why is that? And they're like, that's when water boils. And I'm like. Okay, I still don't. I don't. I still don't know what, what it's. Supposed to be. <laughs> but it, see, if they wild. were, if they were in the metric system, they could just be like one hundred, and people were like, yeah, yeah. But also, people good. say one hundred like it's the truth. You know, it's like one hundred percent factual. You know, bet. But it just that it, it just like works across <laughs> the spectrum, right? Yeah. So I, you know, you got to give it to the to I guess the rest of the world, really. Basically, like yeah. you guys. You guys figured it out. We're yeah. like, I have 32 and 212. That's gooder. <laughs> what I will say is whenever I look up uh, to them, obviously, if you grew up using that system, the metric system, then like that makes sense mm-hmm. to you, of course. Uh, and my head can't really wrap itself around like the, the weather temperature that they have, though. Um, yeah. Because you, you understand inherently, you know, like to us, what I like about ours is that 100 degrees is really fucking hot. But 100 yeah. to them is like, literally dying like you'd be boiled alive (laughs) and so it's it it does sound like for our temperature it sounds like a nice number like uh i don't know 100 uh fahrenheit to celsius i'm gonna look that up real quick is 37 degrees so if you were like oh "Oh, it's 37 outside it's boiling like it's so hot and i'd be like Mm -hmm. oh it's only 30 it's 37 it's pretty cold like right it's just like what you're born with but like my my brain can't make that that transition with the temperature outside measurements yeah. like for like baking and stuff i'm totally into that like everything fits into each other if you like measure on a yardstick a yardstick ah uh and meters and stuff and like those all like fit into each other in like thousands or yeah. whatever but versus ours which just seemed like made up but uh i do like our outdoor temperature being like it's 32 yeah it's it's gonna get really fucking cold outside and things are gonna freeze 100 it's gonna be really fucking hot yeah so I'm i know it's it. uh 
it's it's difficult. You know, like if if we woke up tomorrow and it was just simply like that and you mm-hmm. check the the weather it's like oh it's uh Oh fuck! It's thirty-seven. You like bundle up. You have a right. parka on and shit. Mm-hmm. You walk outside and you're just immediately start melting. Right. Like oh okay. <laughs> I just I forgot. I forgot this is going to be today. Yeah. Yeah, and I wonder like uh, so you said like like zero degree Celsius. I believe. Yeah, I believe that's what they they said. I, I right. from what I understand, it was See? all based on how water reacts to reality, right? right? So it's either frozen, <laughs> liquid, or boiling into a gas. So you've got the three different uh, ways it's, it uh, interacts with reality. Yeah, so... I don't know wh- what it would be if it turns, like, to plasma, but... Right, of course. It's a whole different reality. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. uh, zero degrees outside would be, like, 32. Like, that makes sense. Yeah, it's, like, zero. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, like, freezing outside. See, that, that also yeah. makes sense. I, I, I give it to them. And overall, I think the metric system is better, but uh, it, it's just what we're used to. And Americans, mm-hmm. not good about change, you know? No, I think. we're really not. Mm-mm. I will say that most of the time that I have to use my tools, which is like, you know, Carl, help us all if it right. comes down to that. <laughs> right. It is usually like if I have to get a lug nut on something, oh, it yeah. usually comes down to one of the millimeters because it's just mm. uh, more precise. I did this yesterday. I was oh, moving yeah. some stuff and uh, I had to take a bolt out of the wall and um yeah it was the, the metric did, system to the rescue you did tools last night or yesterday i did That's, i did, wow. I did the tool, um, yesterday morning as a matter of fact you know so Your brent the tool man uh taylor you adopted his last name when you got married right yeah <laughs> you know i brought it up yeah. in our friend group but i watched that movie the other day of the santa claus and uh yeah. it's really weird now he's he's very boomery He's uh he's he's really just like a big jerk, and I just sided yeah. with everybody else in his life the whole time. And I was like, why is he the main character of this fucking thing? <laughs> he yeah, should, he doesn't deserve to be Santa Claus. No, no, <laughs> really. Yeah, the wife should have been his ex-wife. She seems lovely, but uh, I mean, there's time. They've got two seasons of that, the Santa oh, Claus right. TV show. I forgot. I haven't watched any of it yeah, yet. But the uh, Santa Claus is one day or something. Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, yeah. I, I, I haven't even attempted it, but I attempted the movie because we used to like it a lot. And it's one of the, it's like mm-hmm. I know what you did last summer. It goes, it goes in waves for me. Sometimes I really dig it. Makes me think of, uh, you know, good Christmas fun from my youth. But sometimes it's like, no, this is just cringy, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I would love for you to like chart the year that you watch these movies. Oh, yeah. And you're like over the course of five years, Mark, whether you liked right. it that particular year or not, <laughs> I and love see that. what the correlation is between everything. Like, oh, you liked. I know what you did last summer this year. But right. You hated the Santa Claus. Next year, <laughs> liked both of them. Maybe they're opposite year, each other. It was flipped. Yeah. It was like, yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to see it actually because uh, I don't know. It's like one of those things that is so weird and unique to me, maybe uh, versus other people because I watch, I rewatch movies so often. And so, like, again, like I, I tried to watch, uh, I tried to show Amanda 8 bit Christmas the other day with Neil Patrick oh, yeah. Harris on, on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And uh, it doesn't quite work for me. It's like a, a good nostalgic movie. It takes place in the 80s and stuff. But it's like close, but it just doesn't quite work. But I've watched yeah. it a few times, and I accept it for what it is, and I like it. And uh, she was like, barely remembered we had watched it, like last year or something. And I put it on, and oh, she yeah. was so fucking bored the whole time. Really? <laughs> and I was like... Is that the Neil Patrick Harris movie? Yeah. It came okay. out like last year. I don't know, the last couple of years. Where he's like mm-hmm. trying to get a Nintendo as a kid. It's like him telling his story to a kid, to his kid, being like, this is how I got my Nintendo back in the 80s. 
and it's yeah. it's pretty nostalgic fun but um it did take me like three times to watch it to finally be like i like this movie and i was like nobody yeah. else is gonna do that right like uh-huh yeah interesting so i try to I mean, yeah i'd love to try to track that as well <laughs> just start making a list you know yep. check it twice if you yeah, have to you have to you have to yeah is this movie naughty or nice we'll Ooh, find out i like some naughty movies in five years time we'll yeah. find out it, it's all like by the time we get five years down you've just tracked every like porn hub video you've watched you're like i gave this one two comes up it's uh it's, it's pretty good you made a well, double batch for that one. Two comes up is definitely the sync word. So is that it? Okay, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> All right, well, let's sync with two comes up. Enjoy your breakfast, listener. Hopefully, you, I mean, this is the end of the show. Hopefully, you've right. already gotten past that. Yeah, but, you you're know. almost to lunch by now. Uh, maybe you've got two scoops hey. for two comes up. So let's go ahead and sync with two comes up. Excellent. On three, one, two, three. Two, two comes, comes up. up. Ooh, excellent. <laughs> That's like crying afterward. <laughs> Just feeling shame for, for what's happened. <laughs> Amazing. Shit. It's like, uh, not Norway, something like that, though. I can't remember exactly where they're from, but um, it's really just uh, one woman's project. It's, I can't remember her name right now. It's from Neither Way. Neither Way. That's the one. Mm. Oh, no. It's yeah. um, it's Ballway. Ballway? Yeah. Ballway. Um, it's near um, Vagina Town and uh, oh, taint, yes. the Taint Bridge. Of course. You've of course. heard of the, it. The, the fleshy fun bridge. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah.